Hello, everyone. How's it going? Today, we have a good friend of mine from work. This is Gabe Rodriguez. Welcome, Gabe. Thank you for having me. And for the first time, it's my lovely wife. You've seen us together in a separate podcast, but never both of us with a guest. So welcome, Allison. Thank you. I'm so excited about this. This is going to be so fun. This The theme of today's podcast is going to be coming to America. Gabe, my good friend, is not from America originally. And so here we are to talk about his, you know, experiences in coming here, living here, dealing with people that are here, and all that kind of stuff. So are you ready? I think so. Awesome. Let's see how it goes. Awesome. Allison yep. has prepared a list of questions to kind of keep us on task because if you've been and if you've listened to any of other our other videos, they can go on forever. So here we are with Gabe, Allison, and your favorite uh, person, Roy, favorite or not. Anyway, all what right. have we got? Okay. So Gabe, first of all, welcome Thank to you. our show. And could you please tell us and our audience, of course, where you are originally from Kay. and where do, uh, where you live right now? Okay. I was born and raised in Bogota, Colombia. Um, for reference, north part of South America. And uh, currently I live in Utah, more specifically Utah County. Very good. Very good. So how long have you been uh, here in Utah? Uh, you're going to make me count. Since 2004. 2004. So and that's when you moved from Colombia to yes, Utah. Yes. I had visited the U.S. before that a couple of times as a tourist. But, uh, you know, I would say immigration specifically uh-huh. started 2004. 2004. Yep. So that has been over a decade. That's a long time. 16 years and counting. That's a wow. long, long time. You've lived here almost as long as I've been alive. Times three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to do math. So, <laughs> so why Utah? I mean, if everybody else out there is thinking, wow, I want to start living in America, I doubt Utah would be on the top of their list or the top 10 or the top 40. Okay. that To me, that's a matter of who you know. And what you know about the place, because since I moved here, I've learned a lot about the U.S. that I might have only sporadically picked up on and kind of uh, by accident before coming here. Um, and the reason I ended up in Utah was mostly because the, m- the most I knew about in the U.S., culturally speaking, was from the LDS Church. Okay. So that's... That's, I think, the greatest influence in the why Utah question. Okay. So, and what was the main reason? Like, what drove you to come to here, come to I, I ended up here for, for school, for college. Oh, okay. So I, I attended BYU. Nice. And, uh, that's probably a, a different topic altogether. But, uh, you know, I, I started my immigration process, and it, it wasn't an immigration process intentionally back then. Uh, as a student. So I came here to study. Okay. That was going to be my question. Like when you thought, hey, I want to go to BYU to get a, 
a bachelor's degree or to get an education? Was that like, hey, if I go to BYU, maybe I'll be able to stay there? Or was it just like, hey, let's go to BYU and then see where life leads us? So I, I didn't have a concrete plan, you know, years ahead, but I did know that I wanted to study and go back. And so when, when I came here, yeah, I, I met my wife, which, I mean, she, she coincidentally is Colombian too. I, I knew her from, from Colombia and we just got together here and, and we ended up getting married. Um, and that was one of the topics that came up often at first in our marriage. What are we going to do after, you know, we're done with school and whatnot? Because, you know, we, we had the possibility of getting a job and, and starting out here. And uh, she was always leaning more towards, we're already here, let's, you know, let's keep going. And I was always leaning a little bit more towards, you know, I'd, I'd miss a few things from Colombia that, to me, are significant enough that I still want to go back and make a life there. Okay. So wow, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. So when you said that there's still some things in Colombia in Colombia that you miss, uh, do you mind sharing with us what are those things that that you miss? For me, primarily, mm-hmm. other than family, or uh, I th- I would think you miss your family. I do. I think I know what the answer is already. Okay. Oh. Go for it. Food. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, uh, the ocean is it's there. It's only ocean? food. Like that's anybody. That's the only thing that anybody cares about. Like me, I miss Japan because the food is so good there. Like I want to go back and eat. It's not necessarily anything else other than that. Although there's some good friends and stuff like that, but food definitely. <laughs> I've I've never been too attached as a person. I do have good friends in Colombia, but I'm I'm the sort of a friend who can move away, not stay in touch for like five years, but I still cherish my friends. Um, some of them still remember me, which is a good thing. Nice. And, um, <laughs> but no, I mean mostly I I I liked being there. I liked interacting with with my family, uh, and uh, I. I was very comfortable there. I mean, sure, I, there's challenges everywhere, and Colombia is, it has its own set of particular channel challenges if you make a life there. But uh, yeah, I I liked being there and living there. So coming here, and for the most part during my school years, I never really considered, okay, I'm here, I made it, let's stay. Gotcha. It was more of a a bit of a compromise there when it came to raising a family, you know, starting out with my wife. So before the pot, before the, <coughs> we started recording this, we were talking a little bit about food. Can you find Colombian food here? Yes. Uh, you, you can find many ingredients to, you know, typical Colombian dishes and you can make Colombian food. There's a place that I know in Vegas actually, it, they they make pretty decent authentic Colombian food. The thing is, the Colombian population is not as dense all over, at least not here, to where any Colombian restaurant will last long enough to, oh, okay. to make it as a business. So every once in a while, ones will one will pop up, and we might visit. The food will be good and crazy expensive, and then no one goes back and. Restaurant dies. Oh, that's too bad. Because, yep. like, I've seen lately, like, 
Peruvian restaurants opening up mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, of course you have Italian and stuff like that. There's not a lot of Italians that live here, but that's kind of a favorite. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of Italian immigrants in the U S you know, traditionally generations back. So in my opinion, that kind of makes sense, but, um, Peruvian food, I've, I've only ever been in Peru for a layover. I was flying to Chile and so plane stopped in Peru. So I never actually had Peruvian food until I visited some of those Peruvian places that have been popping up here. here in and thus far, it it has some similarities. I mean, the flavor is right up there with some Colombian dishes. Oh, okay. So do you mind telling us your very favorite Colombian uh, food? Oh, man. That, that depends. Are we... I mean, if it's you know lunch or something. What what like you that? can eat every day for the rest of your life. That would have to like be like my my sons. It would be like uh, Captain Crunch. <laughs> no, well, I thought we were talking <laughs> food, but okay. <laughs> um, no, I there's you're like I thought we were talking food, not garbage. So so there's a there's a soup and and uh, well, it's called cuchuco, and the thing with those types of soups is maybe kind of like ramen where the thing is a dish onto itself. It's, okay. you know, it's a soup, but it, it's satisfying and it's nutritious. It's not just water with stuff in it. It's a meal to, right. to complement. Right. Right. It's right. It's what you eat. It's the main course. Nice. Uh, so what they do normally is, uh, you know, it's got a lot of potatoes and vegetables in it. It's some varieties of potatoes that you don't really get here. Um, and uh, and it's got meat in it, really tender meat. And um, it's, a, it's a big bowl, and it, in my opinion, very, very good. Nice. nice. That's Highly wonderful. recommend it. If you go there, Kuchuku. Kuchuku? Kuchuko. Goo. Kuchuko. Like starts with a goo. Kuchuku. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we get into Spanish. <laughs> we murdered I it know. already. Sorry okay. about that. How, how do you <laughs> we're like we're it? good. If, if you say it close enough, you'll you'll Kuchuk. get a soup. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. How do you sign? Kuchuk? <laughs> when you oh go man, there, I like don't <laughs> I don't know any sign language. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no worries. We'll figure it out. We'll say. Yeah, it's not like Asians where you can like write it on your hand. Yeah. Oh really? Air character. Okay. My name is this. Hmm. Look. Nice. And they're That's like, oh, yeah, Sister Hong, yeah. gotcha. And you're like, no, you didn't <laughs> just do that. That <laughs> was stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's a very special. That was the first thing somebody did in Japan. We're like, what was your name? And they're like, oh, Higa. And we're like, that doesn't oh. help, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that helped zero yep. percent. But apparently natives, it's it's very helpful. Did you ever catch on to that? Nope, never. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So, Gabe, I'm interested to know if uh, you have ever experienced any culture shock when you first got to America. Um, I don't know. From my point of view, at least, one thing about the U.S. is you guys export culture really well, and by that, mostly I mean Hollywood. Oh, so movies. yeah. I mean, sure, it's not an entirely accurate depiction of any country. But it's it's enough to alleviate some culture shock. Right. So, I, I I grew up um, in and uh, attended 
uh, bilingual school. So okay. I've been I've been learning English since I was five, and uh, a lot of my media and some of what helped kind of practice the language came from the U.S. So coming here, I kind of knew what to expect. Okay. Uh, maybe the hardest part probably was okay. My English was good enough to test in. I can communicate, but sitting through a lecture, 100% English at a professor's pace who may not be a native English speaker themselves, oh, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to. And so the first few months of uh, my first semester in college were... So would you ever, like, fall asleep? Oh, all the time, yeah. Yeah, because you get so tired just trying to concentrate. Like, what are they saying that you're just like, oh. Yep. We used to do that all the time. Yeah. That's tough. So, but, okay, what about reverse? Like, was there expectations? You know, you saw a lot of movies. Maybe you're like, oh, violence in America is, like, off the charts. And then you came to, like, Provo, Utah, where you're like, where's all the thugs? <laughs> it was kind of the opposite. Um, okay. Let me explain. He's <laughs> like, I thought let America was safe, and then I went to Provo, and ah. <laughs> no, so that, now that you mention it, kind of a little both. So, Colombia has a reputation, and uh, you know, there's really, there's been civil unrest for several decades in many parts of the country. So, growing up in the capital, uh, you. You have to watch your back in terms of, uh, you know, pickpockets and you know, getting mugged and, and what have you. So I was no stranger to that. Okay. I had this idea that the U.S. overall was way safer. Oh, okay. But then I landed in Provo, Utah, of all places. And one day I was going to school in the morning, you know, maybe 6, 7 a.m. I walked by a wallet. It was on the ground. And then... In the evening, I came back, and the wallet was still there. It was still there. That's so crazy. That doesn't happen. How dare somebody not pick it up <laughs> and call the it, person and take it to their it house? It was enough of a shock that I remember it to this day. That is so funny. On the flip side, first car we had as a couple, um, it was parked in an underground parking lot, again, Provo, and someone broke into it. Oh. So it's... It's safe. It's not heaven safe. Got you. Right. Got you. Oh, wow. my my heart sank just a little bit there for some reason, which I don't understand. It's like, oh, I wanted this to be the perfect place. Yeah. No. No. And not Provo. But again, <laughs> that's another topic. <laughs> you know, we had the same thing happen to us in our apartment. There, there was like this section that... You didn't want to park in because it was known for people like trying to break into your mm. car and getting stuff. Didn't we have a battery stolen oh, out of our car? Yeah. 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 A Ooh. battery. Who steals a battery? Well, car battery. And I don't mean like inside the, the car we had like a double A battery. I mean like they opened the oh, hood, a, took our battery oh, out. The, the car it. battery. Yeah. Well, when they broke into our car, they took the radio, which was a bit of a pain because it was a car's original stereo and. But uh, they also took most of our Colombian music CDs. Oh, oh man. Pain. Yeah. Wow. You can't replace that stuff. And what are they going to do with that? <laughs> they're like, <laughs> just grab all those CDs. Then <laughs> they get home and they're like, what is this? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> wow. That would have been funny if the next day 
they would have brought it back and put it in. They kept the CD player, but away, they like put the away. CD back. <laughs> oh, how funny would that have been? Oh, I would have really they enjoyed get that. Out of their place. You play that music again, I'm going <laughs> to <you off. laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, that's hilarious. funny. Yeah. Okay. How about some other things? Like, uh, are we still on the the culture shock? What was the question again? Yeah, I asked Gabe if he had ever experienced any cultural shock. Okay. Any other stories you want to tell us? Mm, let's see. Here's an interesting one. And I don't know if it counts as culture shock. It's something that you never expected. This okay. is something, yeah, this is something that I would have expected to stay in the movies. Oh. Um, one day, you know, I, I lived in a house with uh, five roommates. They were all, as far as I knew and was able to tell, I, I didn't talk with most of them much, but they were all American. And uh, one of the two that I had plenty of conversations with, the guy was from, I think, North Carolina, if not South Carolina. And one day out of the blue, three of us were there, and this guy says, so, so in Gabe, in Colombia, is everyone black like you? Black. Okay. That he was looking at you. He was looking at me. He was dead serious. It was the most, from his perspective, and I could tell, I mean, from his face, I could tell. He was being serious. Cluelessly innocent question. <laughs> and I I did not know how to reply to that. I I chuckled. And the other guy, he, he picked up on it at least as something very, very awkward. He looked at our roommate and went, are you, are you serious? And uh, so for a few seconds, nothing was said. And I looked at my hands and my skin, <laughs> and I looked at back at him, and I go, so when you say black, what do you mean? Yeah. And there was, there was no big follow-up. By then, it was way too awkward to talk about it, so I, I never really got a straight answer. And... The reason I say it caught me really off guard and I, I kind of wish it had stayed in the movies is that was that was a realization for me that, okay, racism can be depicted as racism, but in this case, it was pure cluelessness. Yeah, almost ignorance, right? Because he wasn't... And I was surprised because I, I kind of expected him... I mean, there's, there's not a, a big... Uh, population of black people in in Utah, but, but I, in I've North I've Carolina, I've been out east, and yeah, there's a significant population. So, right. I yeah, it caught me by surprise. Huh, that's so weird. Wow. I'm surprised too. <laughs> so too. that was, I think that counts as culture shock on some level. Yeah, yeah, huh. for sure. Yeah. So maybe it was culture shock for him. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> when well. when Alice and I were first married. We moved into our new home, and it was kind of this older neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like, the homes were, like, built in the 20s, maybe, right? Yeah, and the neighbors were the original owner, so they were really old. Okay. Like 80s. 80s. Yeah. So, this cute little couple that lived across the street, they decided to come and welcome us to the, the neighborhood. And they came, and they knocked on the door. We opened the door together, and we talked. And she's like, oh, where are you guys from? And, you know, Allison said she was from Taiwan. And, and uh, 
she turned to me and she's like, did you serve in Taiwan? And I was like, oh, no, I, I served in Japan. And she's like, okay, so if you served in Japan and she served in Taiwan, how do you guys communicate? Yeah. And this whole time we've been <laughs> speaking to her in English, right. and I'm like, are you for real? Did you say no? She she writes on my <laughs> Yeah. <I'll be> <laughs> so what's hilarious is I was like, well, uh, grunts and snorts. <laughs> and she was like, wow, you can do that? Oh, <laughs> we're like, oh, okay, old lady. <laughs> I get where, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I don't think she was, she was uh, racist, but she might have been ageist. Or something. <laughs> we were ageist. Yeah. We were like, wow. I was judging her already. But yeah. yeah, that was weird. Yeah. But uh, Gabe, I have another question for you. I'm Kay. very curious to know because you and your wife, you have children. How many children do you have? We have three children. There's three. Yeah. And you, uh, you live in Utah. They were all born in Utah. Yes. So, do you mind sharing with us your experiences raising children in America when you and your wife? Um, are immigrant parents okay? Um, it's it's fun. It uh, it allows you to share, in my opinion, a lot more about the world uh, with with your kids than you know. If if you only had one one country to talk about, right. it, it I think it it gives them perspective, in my opinion. Um, when we talk about Colombia, for example. They associate that even before they went and visited. They associated that with people they loved, and they oh, associated nice. that with um, things about their parents, and uh, that on some level they also do. You know that we were raised in a specific way. Uh, both their parents were, and so they they do some things that are that might be Colombian, um, and. They they speak Spanish. Uh, we speak it as much as we can at home, so so they're fluent in it. So that's another plus. I mean, we we love the fact that they're bilingual uh, from the time they can speak, pretty much. Uh, and uh, it it lets them put things into perspective. Like, okay, this is this is their country. This is the U.S. And this is where it fits in the world. There's there's more out there, and. Uh, not everything is like the U.S., and there's a reason why the U.S. is the way it is. So I, I think it, it helps a lot in that sense. And uh, right, right now they're doing dual immersion um, for Chinese in, uh, at oh, school. Amazing. So they, it, it helps them, again, have a global picture, yes. in my opinion. Um, the fact that they have immigrant parents. And so they, they ask questions that, Maybe other kids might not think about, and that's I, I like that. Awesome. Do you mind sharing with us what questions they would ask you? Uh, you know, because you're you're immigrant dad. Okay, so they they know, for example, that that we might do things a little differently depending on on the situation. Um, one one thing that's kind of different. A simple one that has taken some of my acquaintances by by surprise is, at least when I was growing up in Colombia, if if you were to greet someone of the opposite sex, it's perfectly common to you know give them a peck on the cheek. Right. Uh, 
here in Utah specifically, but I think across the U.S., that is probably too close for comfort when it comes to a, a stranger or not not too close an acquaintance. You know, you kind of reserve that for close family. Um, so so they pick up on on stuff like that, um, and uh, you know, it you, you talk through it, and and they realize that there's just different customs. Right. So do. Do children also do that in Colombia? So say like school children? Yes, although... When they meet each other in the, the morning or something? Yes, but uh, I mean, it's not... You know, there's there's nuances. And same as, you know, with some of your friends, you might shake your hand and you, you might get to class and you don't necessarily shake everyone's hand. Yeah. Oh, it, so only it, like your besties or people right. that you hang around with right. a lot. Or, or if, you know, it's a... If if you're grown up and it's a business meeting, it it doesn't happen as often anymore. But it it's not entirely unheard of that you're being introduced to someone and just because you're of the opposite sex, there's that peck on the cheek. Okay. So would two dudes do it? Not in Colombia. Okay. How about two chicks? Two women. If if they're if they're um, if the situation lends itself for it yeah it, it can happen okay so uh so i'm from taiwan and i have lived in utah longer than i have lived in taiwan mm-hmm. and so when i go back to visit in taiwan i feel like a tourist and i don't know if you feel that way uh when you when you go back and visit so i guess my next question for you is a little cliche but i want to know where do you feel like it's home? So, 16 home, years. Yeah, I, I, I've still lived here a little bit of a shorter time than I've lived in Colombia. Um, but here is where I established my home, my family. So, in that sense, you know, when it comes to the people and you know, where we live and our routine, uh, this is home. But you go back. I've I've been back twice uh since I graduated college and it's it's all familiar. It's it's nice. It it feels feels like home. And it also helps that my parents haven't moved from their from the house where I grew up and um you know there's a lot of very familiar things and but uh so that's that still feels like home but after a while, I realize, okay, time to go home back to Utah. Right. Interesting. So I it's not. I'm not. I'm not there at the tourist level yet. I feel like I belong, mm-hmm. but the place where I stay is no longer my home. Right. Um. You know, I'm I'm bound by other people's rules, and I'm probably imposing. So in that sense, it is not home. I see. That's very interesting. And so I have another question for you. So you you still have your parents back in Colombia. You have childhood friends still there. Mm -hmm. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the least likely and 10 being the most likely, how likely would you recommend your Colombian family and friends to move to Utah or to to America? So... uh, that's that's a tough question to answer mm-hmm. because I can honestly say that I like living here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I love about the U.S. 
Um, not necessarily a big overlap with Colombia. I love different things about Colombia. Um, but I think th the reason why it's a complex question is that one of the things that the U.S. has sold very well to the rest of the world is the concept of the American dream. Yes. And I think people sometimes go to go through more trouble than it's worth in the pursuit of that dream coming from another country. So I, I think if you think things clearly and if you do your research, it may be a good idea to come here and you may find it worth your while. But in my opinion, most people who seek out the American dream just because it's America and they come here and this is where they're going to find it, I think most people are going to find that they collide with reality a little bit. Um, so would you say there's just as much opportunity in Colombia than in America? Different opportunities okay. uh, and, and different challenges. But if, if you're thinking of dropping everything and moving to this great place... That's hard. It, it's one of the things about having that global perspective. Yes, Colombia has its challenges, but guess what? So does the America. U.S. has its own challenges, and China has its own challenges, and it doesn't matter where you go. They're going to be different. My, my dad, he complains about the Colombian government day in and day out. I bet if he moved here, he would do the same about <laughs> the American <laughs> government. Oh, no. Yeah. No. We are... Our politicians are perfect here. What are you talking about? Right. So there, there's <laughs> no, it, they're not on the same plane. It's, it's not a perfect place. It's its own place. It's it has its own rules, and it, it's not as uh, dreamlike as many movies may make it out to be. Hmm. Interesting. My uh, sister and her brother they went to Australia for. How many years? Four years? Three years? Four, four, four years. years. And uh, they loved it there, but they said they they had gotten their fill and they wanted to come back to America. But I th when I asked them, um, like, <coughs> what was the big driving force to have you come back? And they said, we wanted to be closer to family. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's a big reason. Um, one, one thing that to me has been probably the most stressful thing about being here as an immigrant is the immigration process itself how long it is so when when you have a family and you're thinking should i buy a home well sure but that's a commitment for who knows how many years and who knows how how many hundreds of thousands of dollars are involved will i be allowed to stay and uh what are what's the plan if that doesn't work out, right? So that's that has some stress attached to it, even if everything goes right. It's a lengthy process and it's got a lot of variables and, and you're not in control of all of them. Interesting. So you said your children were born here? Yes. Okay. So then <coughs> how is the, the immigration process been for you and your wife? I I think, I mean, we, we've been lucky in the sense that what uh, what the path has been for us um, is not necessarily challenged legally from all angles. We, we came here as students, and 
at the time, and they probably still do this for for our fields. We we're in engineering, so we could get something that's called an OPT. So you can you can work in your field of studies for a few months after you've graduated from college, and then if you get hired at a company that will sponsor you, then they can file your paperwork to eventually become a, a, a resident. And uh, so we went through that process, and it's it's taken years. Right now, we are uh, legal permanent residents of the U.S. You know, equivalent having a green card. Okay. And uh, it through throughout all that process, the the big pain was that nagging thing in in the back of our minds. What if it doesn't work out? Oh, okay. But what if this this uh, paperwork doesn't it's denied. Right. Or, uh, for example, many companies, I mean, working for a big company with a bunch of lawyers that do this day in and day out, it's fairly simple. Uh, when you're straight out of college and you're hired by a small company that's taking a risk on you, they may not want to invest their resources in that. Or it, it happened to us. They hired a lawyer uh, who they they didn't interface well with them like the the company didn't necessarily know which questions to ask or how to deliver the pa- the paperwork and so that all delayed the process and made it a, a bit trickier okay sense and we had to step in and kind of guide them through cuz as an american citizen you don't necessarily have to go through this process or or even know it um so it's it's tricky in that sense and we we went through all the steps. It worked out well for us. Everything you know done above the table, following the rules, the whole thing. Um, and it it was time consuming and it was stressful, but it so far so good. So at any point in time, were you like working for a company, and you're like, okay, here the paperwork's going, and then you're like, okay, this company sucks. I need to go to another company, and you're like, oh, what do I do? Or you were like, I hate this company, but I have to keep working for them because they're they're you know in the process of doing this paperwork. So I've been very lucky in that every company I I worked uh, for has has been great. I I've never had a big complaint. Sure, I mean no job is perfect. There's challenges everywhere, but I've been very lucky that I've never really wanted to take off. You know, okay, switch jobs because I couldn't stand it there. Um, I did change companies because the immigration process was going nowhere at okay. one point and it wasn't anyone's fault it was just lack of education on all the different parties and uh, so that that prompted a decision so you do kind of feel tied to to your employment and there are there are legal ways to switch and kind of pass that process to someone else but it's not all that simple it's not like you can apply at any small shop and they'll say oh yeah we know how to deal with this okay they for the most part don't and some companies will interview you and you'll go yeah i'm I'm a good fit they tell you you're a good fit and then when they find out oh but they need a work visa yeah sorry we don't do that next oh you're not as good of a fit anymore no and, and they're they're straightforward with you they just fail to list it as one of the immediate requirements when you're looking at the job description. Gotcha. Because, I mean, why would they? So were you already a, a resident when you started with Adobe? I was not. So did they help you finish it off? Yeah. 
So when you moved from company A to Adobe, did you have to start all over? Not from scratch, but it is a different application. So they, they count the time you've been in the U.S. Uh, they count your job experience years, and they, they count a lot of those things, but you're starting with a new application based on the fact that you now have a different sponsor, a different technically job description. And okay. Well, yeah. I think that America is extremely lucky to have you and your talent. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> of course. Hopefully I can live up to that. Yeah, it's true feelings. But we are very, very grateful for you to be on our show today. And very happy, very just this is an eye-opening experience for us to learn about your immigration process and your story, how you raise your children here in America. We thank you for sharing your experiences with us. Thanks for having me. Such a delight to have you. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely, you know, Allison, she immigrated through marriage, and so our process was different. Yep. Sure. Every, every process is different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming. Of course, you know, we'll see each other more often because we work together. Yeah. Where did you find uh, this guy? Oh, I work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I thought I would, w after the interview, w we would be done. But no, tomorrow. Dang once it. again. <laughs> Can't get rid of him. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. I hope Thank you, you. Uh, enjoyed this conversation we had with Gabe. And uh, if you have any questions for him. It's too late. The <laughs> the interview's over. So <laughs> yeah. we can always Roy, Roy, Roy can field the questions. Yeah. You can let leave more questions and then we can bring them back another time. Yeah. Or have you bring your wife. And you can ask him if he knows any of the the drug dealers or what? If if he's, you know, watched any watched <laughs> if you say that again, can we zoom in on <laughs> that's <Allison's> awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next time I will be the sole Oh boy. <laughs> She's like <laughs> if we if we if we don't put Roy in here then yeah. Uh, that's everything will be much that's better. That's one of the questions or comments that comes up often. Although it it doesn't it I mean there's there's reasons behind it and you can have a sense of humor about it or you can not. Um but it's not quite as shocking to me as the one about whether everyone in Colombia is black. So I <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. How funny would it be if like I went to some other foreign country and they're like, did you know Al Capone? And be like, uh, my parents, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for coming again, Gabe. Thank and you, Gabe. Uh, catch us in the next video. Thanks guys. <laughs> thanks. See ya.